גוט ווך. לילה נשמע סימי מרוסי. רוסבאס מרדכי, תראי שיר ספונסר בי פייביש. לילה נשמע סאבי מוירי, החובר אליעזר בן שרגו פייביש זכרונו לברוכו. Let's see, what do we have here today? Rebelli, Baruch Hashem, inspired me very much. It's the first time in over 70 years, 70 years, I managed to keep up with Daf HaYoymi. I want to share something good with you and the MDY family. Shloymi Miller from Bar Park. Here he is in some sort of New York traffic, learning. Gemara on the steering wheel. Way to drive. He said, oh, came across a wonderful shear of English, Daf Yoimi. Some other guy, I'm not going to mention his name, <laughs> just in case he's really good. Which is fantastic, compliment, complimentary to Eli Daf Yoimi, usually follow a week behind. After a few hundred Daf, I find I retain the learning much better. The whole is more than the sum of the parts. Batzlocha, Shlemi, Miller, Borough Park. Seventy years, it took him to find this year. This is by also another very interesting individual, by Levi Van Leeuwen. He goes through this thing that I said, but Chaim Snow, expert photographer from Elazar, got me onto you. And Chaim Snow told me that he learns the daf eight times a day. And he went through the Holocaust, this person. So I saw your Meaningful People interview. You blew me away. Yashar Koyach, thank you. Oh, this is very important. This is from Jack Warman. This week's newsletter came across a picture taken in Tashbar, the camp that showed Nechemi Seltzer, Mark Ashkenazi, my grandson. There's a real typo. Now, talking about typos, there was a recipe in Dora Merkaz that says you take a piece of steak and you put a, a, a whole spoon of butter on the steak. So that's one typo. Second typo is... If not for the fact that his grandson is in Shiduchim, he wouldn't care, but his name is Tzvi. Tzvi Aretz. Don't think it's something else. All right, so we got rid of that. Vosnach. See if there's anything interesting here. Um, oh. Rabbi, listen to this one. This is a very interesting one. It's, it's interesting because somebody came over to me in shul today and said that he saw on a bus, he was on a bus, there was a person who was visibly non-religious. I guess he wasn't wearing a yarmulke, or maybe he was wearing a yarmulke, but it was a struga. I don't know what he meant by that. But he's visibly not religious. And he was watching the shear. He was watching the shear. So I said, listen, if you don't take a picture... It never happened. But that's, he, he swears that that's what he saw. Listen to this email. From Mr. Anonymous. This is a person who sent in a bunch of emails before. He says, I'm not Hasidish, I'm not Misnagdish, I don't wear Kippas Ruga, and I don't have Payas. I'm not a Lubavitcher, and I haven't learned in Panovich. I'm in fact not from. I tell you this because you frequently go through the list of your MDY Talmudin, but you don't mention your non-from students. So I'm writing you to let you know you have a greater diversity of followers than you know. To express my appreciation to you for your enhancing my life through your Daf Yomishir. I'm so satisfied with my Torah learning and the rich sense it gives me of my Jewishness. Finally, Eli, you have a God-given gift, part of which will be recognition and positive influence you have on others. God should watch over you, your family, 
And you have the strength to carry and inspire others. And by the way, if you're curious why you're so loved, it's because unlike Tim's Statura, in other words, he watched the whole shear with Tim, who hates equally, you love equally, well done, anonymous. Unbelievable. Hopefully the Torah will show him the light. He's not going to like that. Okay. <laughs> Rabbi said today's daf pay gimel. It's an amazing, amazing daf. What do we have there? Who's there? Who's on the screen? Carnation Roan. Hi. It's not just a vigdor. It's a bunch of guys. Givaldig. Okay, Carnation Roan. What do we got here? Forgot to mention. It's a big party. This is Erev Shabbos. I don't know why they did it. Imagine that they do things like that. This is our first group ever. Oh, Shabbos starts tonight. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Because Yisrael, they wanted to welcome Yisrael Goldstein, who's in his Yisrael Goldstein hat. Remember that famous picture? What? He took the picture. There were actually more people, I think, than this. But Lamashana, they got together in Manchester. Finally, the Manchester Chabur, the original, original Chabur. It all started with Livy's father, Bernard David. And he started the Chabura. And here they are. They got together. Huh? Yeah, this is Lenny Hamel, the, the one I read. If you were listening to Meaningful People podcast, or that, this is Lenny Hamel, who didn't learn, what, what did I say? 70, 70 years old? 80, 80. He started learning the shir when he's 80 years old. Here he is. Not only is he not anonymous, and he wrote there, please do not mention my name. I gave, I gave the email to the guy from Meaningful. I said, you read it. So he reads it, reads, reads, reads. He goes, Lenny Hamel, please do not mention my name. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. No, but I got reshus from him. Okay, great. Yeah, we have a bunch of gishmaki guys. A lot, a lot of guests there. What? No. <laughs> well, man, what's your name? Shalom Aleichem. From where? Lower East Side. Mayor. Shalom Aleichem from the Lower East Side. We have Dad Rubino from Tinek. And we have Donnie Fine from <laughs> Ramat Bichemish. If anybody's looking for a house, he's one of the many brokers that we have here, but at least he's, I use him a lot. Who else do we have here? Who else? Oh, we have um, um, Badner. What's your first name? Baruch, where are you from? Huh? Rechovot. All the way Who else? That's it? That's it. Okay. Oh, Josh's father is here. Yeah, he's already here before. Okay. Rabbi Isai, Gishmaka stuff. Here we are. In the middle of the Pei Beis, on the Beis, like uh, seven lines down. There was a woman who was pregnant and she had a craving. She smelled, she had a craving, and it's on Yom Kippur. And what do you do? Also, the so they came to Rebbe. Omar Luhu, he told her, or to them, go whisper in her ear, in other words, you have to tell the baby that it's Yom Kippur. So that in fact, they whispered in her ear and Everything calmed down. The baby took it to heart. He said, oh, I didn't have a Tim Kippur. Why didn't anybody tell me? He got rid of the craving. You hear kids up there? Up there, there's no talking like down here. I hear everything. That's Akiva up there. Troublemaker. Get down here. All right. Today. It's not a coincidence. Today, I got Maftir, and I read the Haftarah, because our Shul, unfortunately, doesn't have a cloth. I read the Haftarah, and guess what I read? 
You all heard it today. Just maybe you didn't pay attention. It's in Yirmiya. Ah, before I even created you, I knew you, I gave you Nevoah, you were, you were destined to be a Navi. What happened? This child that understood that it's Yom Kippur and took away the craving. Now, it, the Gemara understands that if a woman has a craving and she doesn't go with the craving, it's very dangerous for her. So the fact that he calmed down and didn't cause his mother to Yom Kippur was a great thing. And who did it end up being? Nafak Mina, Rabbi Yochanan. This is the famous Rabbi Yochanan, the Gala Adar of Eretz Yisrael. So, still in the stomach, we were able to see that there's godless here. Ahi borrowed the Archa. There's another woman. I am Kippur. Omar It didn't work. They whispered, hey, it's him Kippur. Zairu is a lotion of Zar, like a stranger. They're Rishayim, still from the stomach. They're born as Rishayim. No Shapsoi Otsar Peri. There's a guy. In Israel, it's usher to control the markets, and he would take all the fruit and, and uh, control the market and charge a lot of money to the people that couldn't afford it. Terrible thing. He was a Russia still, still in his mother's stomach, he's a big Russia. Remelech Biderman asks, why is it if a woman during the weekday, not even Kippur, during the weekday, why is this only Allah Yom Kippur? Let's say during the weekday she needs to eat treif. She has a, she has a craving. The Gemara doesn't talk about that. Whisper to her, whisper something to the kid. So he says, very interesting, he says it's on Yom Kippur because the woman, the mother, has such gdusha of Yom Kippur with the fasting and everything so that it doesn't cause a chatzitzis to, to the baby. You go directly to the baby. Otherwise, during the year, it doesn't really work. So it said in the Mishnah, and we didn't understand really what we were saying because we're going to see it's a lot different than what we think. But the Gemara said, the Mishnah said, that if a person is sick, and he says he must eat, and a doctor contradicts him, we listen to the sick, this is how we understand that even today, a person understands his body better than all the doctors, he knows how his body works, he could tell that it's not good, he's in a, in a shver matzav, and if he doesn't eat, he might pass out, he might die. So even if a doctor sits and screams, hey, you're not really sick, don't worry about it, take it easy. You listen to yourself. In an interesting book, uh, it's a shame Nachman Seltzer isn't here. I was going to have a lot of fun with him. I was going like, to mess up the story a little bit, but he's not here. So I'll say it as is. He, there's a book that he wrote, I think it's been Mechitzasim Shal Tzadikim, but I read it in, he, in the Hebrew version. Somebody translated it. And he says that there was a, a person that they didn't give him much time to live with conventional, with conventional uh, medicine. Treatments didn't work for this guy, and he's gonna die. So somebody said there's an unconventional medicine in, in America. So he went to Rebbe Yashim and asked Rebbe Yashim, could he fly on Shabbos for unconventional medicine? Rebbe Yashim thought about it, he said, no, you can't fly. It's not proven, you don't, you're not Machal Shabbos on, on, on silly medicine, you know, whatever. So then, the wife didn't like it. The wife came back, and she started screaming. The, the, the sick person's wife started, came back and started screaming. It's not fair. 
I think that it's, it's going to work. So Yashif thought, it says in the book, he thought for five minutes. And he said, okay, fine, you can go. And they asked him why. So he said, he brought this Gemara. He tried to figure out as a wife, even to this Pasuk. And he said, yeah. A wife knows whether her husband will live or not from that medicine. Let him, that's what, he, that's what it says in the book. Interesting story. And he allowed him to be Michal Shabbos and go. I mean, I mentioned this, but we also unfortunately had that experience where my mother didn't have, there's no treatments for, for pancreatic cancer really. There's only a 2% chance for all pancreatic patients. So the doctors basically said, don't, don't even bother. They gave her the choice, but she said it's not worth it. Chemo to live another month. But they said that there's a place in Mexico. You know, and they went to saw my father did all this research. Now, when people are dying, you all of a sudden become very naive. You try to grab onto anything. And there's a place in Mexico, and they feed you all these green juices, and people live, and, and they give you these phone numbers. You call up, and people say, yeah, of course, pancreatic cancer, and I took the green juices for three weeks, and I was completely cured, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's only $10,000 a week. It's not a big deal. It's die to live. It was a disaster. Mom, a disaster to spend all that money and time over there. But anyway, fine. We'll, we'll talk about it a different time. There's a guy, Maisa Shahaya, who came. I remember him. He came. Fourth stage, uh, some cancer, fourth stage. He was there for one day. They gave him the green juices. You know what he did? He jumped off the building when we were there. That's how bad those green juices are. Anyway. <laughs> he didn't die of cancer. They were right. He pushed <laughs> They promised him he won't die from cancer, and they were right. <laughs> Says the Gemara, <laughs> Why would I listen to the doctor? Maybe you should listen to the doctor. He understands the human body better than a person. Why should he break his fast on Yom Kippur? Tomash Malon, person has the right to decide for himself that he needs to eat at this stage. What if it's the reverse? The doctor says, you must eat. And this happens a lot. It's Yom Kippur. What, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break my fast? He says, absolutely not. You force it down his throat. You, you make him eat. My time, what's the reason? People become a little crazy when they're sick and fasting, and we cannot listen to them. They just don't know what's going on. Tanan, in pilot school, you learn. Any, nobody pilot? No? Okay. One of the things, like right before... If you're in, in altitude and you don't have oxygen, you pass out and bye-bye. Plane goes down. It's happened many times. But they tell you that right before you pass out, you feel on top of the world. You get this feeling of lack of euphoria, lack of oxygen. Don't listen to those guys. They don't know what they're talking about. You'll ask them, you have oxygen? Of course. It's mm, That's it. So, these people don't know. Tunbo lay. The doctor knows. He says he has to eat. Give him food. So we learned in the Mishnah that a person who's sick, you give him food based on two doctors, on the professionals. So that kind of contradicts what we're saying here. Why? Because it says, only if you have professionals. If the guy says, I want to eat, and the doctor says, you can't eat, you don't listen to the guy. You don't give him food. First of all, we don't listen to him, we listen to the doctors. Second of all, you need two, not one. Where did Rubiana get his thing? 
Let me just show you this chart that I worked so hard on Motzeh Shabbos, came so late, sorry, apologize. Basically, there's two charts here. I got this picture from uh, whatever. You, could you tell where it's from? Like a Ramadan kind of. Salai Anyway, this guy doesn't want to eat. He has something he doesn't want to eat. And the doctor says he must eat. What do we do? We give him to eat. That, that we learned. Now what happens if this Shmigegi has a doctor with him? They both say, two of them say, no, we don't, I'm not eating. So for that, you need two doctors to contradict them. You hear that, Allah? You have, the guy says, I don't want to eat. And he even has a doctor that says he doesn't need to eat. To break it, you need two doctors. One doctor won't be enough because it's two against one in this case. That's that. Now, what happens if he wants to eat? He wants to eat. He knows Maris Nafshoi. So here's a guy who really wants to eat. And the doctor says he shouldn't eat. Who do we listen to? To him. He understands his soul. He says, I want to eat. And two doctors say he should not eat. So that, this, is, this is a machloikis. I'm not going to look there again. Leanheader, that's it. Because you did it twice, that's it, I'm done. Nachamal. The guy says, I want to eat. And two doctors say he should not eat. So we have a machloikis. According to Rabbi he cannot eat. But according to Mar Baravashi, it doesn't matter how many doctors say he shouldn't eat. If a person decides that he needs to eat on Yom Kippur, we always listen to that person. And that's the halacha. So you just want to make it easy. If a guy wants to eat on Yom Kippur, he figures that it's good for him to eat. We always listen to him. And that's that. These two are the same case. This is just according to Ravashi. It's a check mark. You can eat. According to Rabbiani, that's what we're talking about right now. You cannot eat if two doctors say you shouldn't eat. He decides he could eat. And two doctors say he can't eat. Then. Now, what happens? There's one case that's not here. It's not really in the Gemara, but I believe that's the halacha. What if he says, I want to eat, and he has one doctor with him against two doctors that say he shouldn't eat? So that should be fine, even according to Rabbi Anai. Because it's two against two, and we could... Let's see it inside. Says the Gemara, mm-hmm. But not now. <laughs> Says the Gemara, Api Oh, so the whole Mishnah, you read it wrong. We're talking about in a case where he says, I don't need to eat. So then, if that's the case, Rubiani says, okay, here's the case. He doesn't want to eat. I don't want to eat. If he says, I don't want to eat, so then why, why, look, Rabbiani says, all you need is one doctor. Uh, let him eat based on one doctor. It's this case right over here. Not only does he say he doesn't want to eat, but there's also one doctor that agrees that he shouldn't eat. But if two people, two doctors, two professionals say he has to eat. So he's allowed to eat. Pshita, of course. We always go. When it comes 
to suffering the fashois, if the doctor says he should eat, he should eat. If the two doctors contradict him and they say you shouldn't eat, this is the continuation of the question. In Mominus, where we're trying to assess the value of property, whatever it is, for Besden, so it doesn't matter how many people come. Trey, Kimeo, Meo, Kitrey, Animilian, Eidos. That's when it comes to testimony. When it comes to assess things, Bosar, Deus, Ezlinon. We go by how many people say certain things. So if you have five people that say this, this table is valued at $100 and six people say it's $200, we go by the Rive. But that's only by assessing Mominus. Over here we're assessing a human being's life. And when it comes to a human being's life, we go by the Kula. So it doesn't matter if it's three against two. If two say that he should eat, he gets to eat because Suffolk Nefashai's Lehakel. I can say the story here. There was a, a case of, I forgot exactly what the disease was, but there was some, uh, some sort of magefa that was killing people in Lita. Ibrahim Salanter created this whole hospital and he brought, he brought in 70 Kailal guys. And he told them that they have to be the doctors, they have to take care of these people. Now, it's one of these magefas that you, it's very um, catchy. How do you call it? Very contagious. And he promised them that whoever comes to work there is going to come back in one piece. Nobody's going to get harmed. Anyways, there's one person, a chash of a guy, I think his name is Rav Khalfan, something like that. And he was upset. He came to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter and he said that it's okay that they're, they're doing this, but why are they Michal Shabbos so easily? Literally like it was a weekday. You walk in there, you couldn't tell that it was Shabbos. He says, okay, they have to take care of the patients, but to turn on and make hot water and tea and, and write and all the stuff, come on. And it says in the Sefer that I read that Rabbi Yisrael Salanter is known to be the biggest, you know, the, one of the biggest oivdim on his midas. It was the first time in any, that anybody has witnessed Rabbi Yisrael Salanter get upset. And he started screaming on top of his lungs and he said, Chutzpah, how could you say such a thing? This is pikuach nefesh and I said it's a weekday and it's a weekday. You have no business trying to contradict what I'm saying. And it says that the guy got on the floor and he wore, uh, he, he did tshuva. He had to do tshuva because he upset Rabbi Shalom so much. He said, this is a weekday, end of the story. And in fact, it was, uh, he passed that fish is like chazer because the doctor said that if you eat fish, it's very dangerous for this, whatever. It has something in it. So somebody said, I always eat fish on Shabbos. I'm very much going to fish. I want to eat a piece of fish. And I'm going to cook it myself. He said, you could eat it on condition that you eat it with a piece of chazer together. That's the only way you could eat it. Because fish is chazer. If you're going to eat it, eat it with chazer. Anyway, this is the Gemara. You have to be makbet sofik nefashesu. You have to be makbet on pikuach nefesh. And we're mevatar and all the things. We're going to see in the mission in a second. It's even more than that. We give him treif. We give him whatever it is. This is the Gemara. It says, it's all one Mishnah. Here, let's go back to the Mishnah for a second. We can read it together. It says, If a person is sick, And then it says a second later, Meaning, if there's no professionals, on what? On the case that I just said, If a person is sick, he could eat 
If the professionals say, two professionals say, he could eat, he could eat. Meaning the same case, right? It flows. Ask the Gemara if it flows. In other words, it's a continuation. And it says, but he wants to eat. How do you just tell me that the Mishnah is talking about where he doesn't want to eat, where the Sefer says he wants to eat and it flows. It's one continuation. So it's talking about a case that he wants to eat, not doesn't want to eat. Says Gemara, you read it wrong. You have to just, in order to understand the mission, you have to like stick in, pretend there's another word there. When he says, I don't want to eat, but when the mission is talking about two different cases, if you don't have two professionals, only one professional, he says that he doesn't need to, we don't listen to we listen to him. And finally comes the If a person says, I need to eat, it doesn't matter how many doctors say you should not eat. We always listen to him. Going back to that pasuk that a person knows himself better. What about our Mishnah? It says, if there are no professionals, you should feed him based on what he says, time of the lack of Bikim. It seems like because there's no professionals. It seems from our Mishnah that he cannot contradict the professional doctors. The doctors tell him he shouldn't eat on Kippur, he doesn't eat. When he says, we don't, he doesn't contradict the doctors, when he says he doesn't need to eat, then he doesn't contradict. Listen to this. When a person says, I need to eat, what does that mean? All the professionals in the world are zero. That's what it means. What does it mean? Not that physically there are no professionals. We think of them as zeros. We think of them as they're not there. Because when a person decides he needs to eat on Yom Kippur, we listen to his own body, we don't listen to professionals. Yevaldic, end of the story. Okay. Says the official Mishnah, sponsored by official. There's a disease called bulmus. Now, we are very unfamiliar with this. Ryanka Galinsky says people in our generation have no clue what it means to be hungry. We don't know. But in th- just in Europe, just a few years ago, people were starving, always hungry, always looking for a meal. Where was it? it was the, I just said the story recently. I forgot what yeshiva, maybe Baranovich. A bocher came to the yeshiva and the Rashivas took him around. He said, listen, on Sunday, you're going to have teg by that family. On Monday, you're going to have by that family. And on Wednesday, you're going to have there. And on Thursday, so the Bokha says, and what about Tuesday? Did you come here to learn? He came here to eat. <laughs> Tuesday, you're going to go hungry, my friend. That's how it was in Europe. Over here, we have ices. We have ice cream in the middle of Shir. It's Givaldic. Pizza. Misha Chazi Bulmos. Bulmos is a disease that comes from starving. And what happens is, when you're very hungry, you start losing your taste, you start losing your vision. And unlike other diseases, where you could go a few minutes maybe without eating, and we could look for better food for you, when it comes to bulmas, because it's about starvation, we just give you whatever's in front of us. We have a shtick chazer, give me chazer. Ah, I could go upstairs and get you a nice kosher meal, but that, that's going to take two minutes. We don't have two minutes to waste there. You just shove him whatever's in front of us. It's Yom Kippur, right? There's no shiur, oh, eat chazer uh, uh, less than a uh, whatever, uh, there's no shiur, just give him food. 
fill them up until what? Even treif. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, you're right. It's not Yom Kippur. Even Yom Kippur. Until he can start seeing again. When he can see again, all of a sudden his, his vision is not blurry. He realizes he ate enough and Bumas is going away. A rabid dog, or whatever Kelv Shaita is, bit him. So they used to have a more of a superstitious kind of, uh, un- let's call it unconventional medicine. They would rip the dog open, take out his liver, and give the guy to eat from the dog's liver, and they felt that's going to heal him. We don't do it. Why? It's not a proven medicine. Rabbi Masi ben Kharish Matir, Rabbi ben Kharish disagrees. He says it's proven. It's a good medicine. And therefore, give him some of this dog liver. Gishmaka stuff. If somebody has some sort of disease, it's not just a sore throat. This is really bad. Like it starts from the throat and goes down. It could kill a person. What do they call it today? Like everybody has strep throat is very dangerous. But it's not strep. This is, it's talking about where the gums start deteriorating and it goes into the stomach. Obviously, you let to give him medication on Shabbos. This could kill somebody. And every suffolk nefoshes is Shabbos. Many times, we, we learned this Gemara, many times, we learned in Brachas and Shabbos, we had a whole sugya. And it wasn't so relevant to us. And today, it becomes really relevant. A lot of times we learn a, a sugi and shas, like, okay, so how does a, a donkey have to do with, with, my, with a cow? And this, that? So if you want to start looking in, a, a cow is like a, like a car and a bike. And a, you could make it relevant many times. But how many times do we have this to be relevant? And unfortunately, it's extremely, extremely relevant. Me, shenafla, all of my pilots. If a person, if a building falls down, and there's human beings that are trapped in this building. Remember learning them Sechel Shabbos. It was mamish, went right over our head. Yeah, How many times people travel? We're going to know people that travel in the building. In those days that, Miami. We don't know if there are people in there now. We just saw a building collapse. Suffolk high, Suffolk mace. And this is also, this is telling us that, how long do you search for the person? Well, Jews believe that there's always a chance. Maybe the guy got trapped in a pocket of air next to a water source. And he live. it's happened. You know, there's people that lived for many, many, I don't know, months even. The guy got stuck on the ocean without any food. Months. Go look on YouTube, you'll see. People have survived. So, you're allowed to be Mechal Shavs for people like that. Savik Nachri, Savik Yisrael. Same like in Miami. You don't know. Jew, not Jew. It's a deraisa to, to start removing stones in Shabbos. It's digging on Shabbos. You're not allowed to. But in this case, we say, go ahead, go. Now here's the, this is very interesting. You, you, you come there and you find that he's alive. It's been a week and he's alive. So what do you do? You keep on digging. Well, you'd say, well, it's obvious. So the Gemara is going to tell us that we're talking about a situation where, unfortunately, you find somebody's living, but he's not going to make it. So you're allowed to continue digging so that he has another few hours to live. That, that's okay, because he's going to live for a few more hours. 
Bimachal Shabbos for those few hours. He's a Jew. He's allowed to. Bimais. This is also very sad. You, find, you dig, 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 and you find a body. Now what? You continue digging? No, you don't have Rishos to dig on Shabbos for a body. Ah, the family's standing on the side and they're screaming, give us the body. There's nothing you can do. There's no heter for that. So we'll see. Turn around How do you know? How do you know that he's good? This guy that has a bulmos, that he's being healed. You give him, you give him like a, a chon from last week. And you see if, he, if he's able to differentiate. If he starts saying, whoa, whoa, what is this? This is disgusting. Then you, oh, he's healthy. If not, he has bulmas. Keep on feeding him. You give him something to taste. This is a great sugya because it's going to teach us what comes first. I'll ask you without, if you don't peek inside, you know what the answer is just based on my question. You have a bunch of food because us Americans, we come to Israel. I know from, I'm talking for myself. You have no clue what trumas and maestros means. Yeah, I took maestros. So you go to a restaurant in a lot. Uh, to some fry guy. It's just vegetables. It's just, uh, yeah. But trumas and maestros is extremely, extremely important. How important is trumas and maestros? If you have a guy that's dying here, he hasn't eaten in three days, you just found him, he's dying. What should you give him? Should you give him something that you didn't take trumas and maestros? Or should you give him a piece of pig? Why? Because I asked the question? Oh, pig. You give him pig. Why? Because Trumas and Maestros is, is, is Misa. Is Misa. Death on Trumas and Maestros. Pig is only alive. You only get Malchus. Who would ever say that? Oh. Huh? You don't can't. You don't. See, it takes time. He's dying. He's dying. He's dying. He's dying. You don't know. You don't know the Nusuch. You're American. What, what do you do? You're asking a kasha. You're asking a, a kasha for maisa. That is the situation. It's Shabbos. You're not. Hello, on Shabbos, on Shabbos you're not allowed to. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. But that's not the case. Okay. Machilin oisoi hakalakal. You should always, you should always feed the guy that's dying the lesser iser. The lesser iser. What is the lesser iser? Tevel unavela. Food that you didn't take, trumas and maestros. Enavela. Nevela. A dead corpse. They didn't, not a corpse, a dead animal, a dead cow. No shchita. Machilin oisoi nevela. Nevela comes first. Tevel ushviz. Shviz, Shmita, coming up, Shmita. Shmita food, which you should have destroyed and you didn't destroy. That's only an assay. There's no loisa assay. So, you give him Shviz. You should give him Shmita food. Tevel Utruma. Tevel is food that you didn't take Trumas and Maestros. And Truma, Truma belongs to the Kayan. You should not be eating Truma. You're Yisrael. For that, Tanoi. First goes Tevel, not Truma. We're going to see this far soon because each one has a little bit of a kula. Truma is edible to the, all the Kayanim of the world. So maybe you should give it to the Israel in that case. On the other hand, Tevel 
is like Lauren was saying, just take Trumas and Maestras. <laughs> you, you're one step away from making it kosher. Okay. Omar Rabba. Listen to this. We have to remember Rabba for a second. On Omar Beis. Omar Rabba. Obviously, here's the answer to your question. If you can do chulin, you give him chulin, and there's enough for him to, to live with it, of course, you give him chulin. It's not enough. The reason why tevel, because truma, I can give the koyin, or marsova truma chamura, aval tevel avshel takune. Okay, so we have the two svaras here. Says the Gemara, pay Gimel Amad Beis. Sponsored by the MD White Hill Group for all those who need Shiduchim, Refuas, and Yeshuas. Please join Tehillim.8mindaf.com. Well, what's, well, I mean, of course, you should, you should just take off Trumas and Maestros and give it to him. Says the Gemara, let's read Shabbos. We're talking about on Shabbos. Shabbos Nami Pshita, of course you should take Trumas and Maestros. Midaraisi, you could take Truma. The whole problem is the Rabbanan. So, Tittel Midrabbanan, it's only problem the Rabbanan. So, of course, you should take off the Maestros. Anyways, this is Atzit Nakov Sheni Nakov. You have a planter and the bottom has a hole. So, that's Nakov. Since it has a hole, it nourishes from the ground. It's as if it's planted in the ground. This is Nakov Sheni Nakov, doesn't have a hole. So, Trumas and Maestros on this thing are only the Rabbanan. So we're talking about it, the, Rab- the Rabbanan to begin with. Everything is the Rabbanan here. You're not chayiv to give Trumas and Maestros. You're only chayiv in the Rabbanan. You're over in the Rabbanan. Okay. So again, you have a planter and you have food growing out of your planter. You're on a porch somewhere and there's not, no, no dirt, no ground. So it's not growing from the ground. So in Meila, it's only chayiv in the Rabbanan. But it's she'en enokov. It doesn't have a hole in the bottom. The Rabbanan. So that's the, the whole thing is, it, it starts and ends with the Rabbanon. Mar Sovar, Bentema holds, Tevel Chamur. At the end of the day, the, the Isra of Tevel, of not taking Trumas and Maestros is more Chamur. Why? Because tomorrow, when you have real food that's high but Trumas and Maestros, you're going to make the mistake, you're going to compare the two. He said, yesterday I, I gave him Tevel, so today I could also give him Tevel, but yesterday it was, a, it was from a, a planter that didn't have a hole in it and it wasn't chayv at all, so you're going to make that mistake. Umar Savar, Truma Chamuro, and Tanakama holds, no, you should be more makbin on Truma. Okay. Levitanoi, Misanyo, Mishin, Shachin, Nachash. By the way, we're going to get to some Gishmaka stories, so don't worry about it. Mishin, Shachin, Nachash. Someone who was bit by a snake, Koyin, Leroyfim, a doctor could come on Shabbos, even though it's out of the Trum, take a taxi, whatever it is. And you can rip open a chicken because they believe that you take a chicken, you put it on the bite, that heals him. The in loy is a creation. You could give him some leek. Here's leek. If you don't know what a leek looks like, not everybody knows what leek is. I know my wife uses it a lot in the soup, etc., but not everybody knows. Okay, creation. Now, what's, yeah, uh, I don't remember. What's the significance of creation? Because creation are not chayv maestros, vegetables are not chayv maestros, right? So machin's are creation. Because we're talking about a derabbanon. Divrei Rebbe. Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Shimon Oimer, no, you have to take maestros. 
So maybe this goes according to Rabbah, just said. It's not true. We only said his Allah when it comes to vegetables, the Rabbanan, the whole thing is the Rabbanan. But when we're talking about grain, that's the Raisa, the Tavad Raisa, who that typically speaking, if it was growing in the ground, it's the Raisa. Because if you can allow him to, to eat it from this planter that doesn't have a hole, when it comes to vegetables, there's no chashash. Look, you're going to make a mistake between this and what? And another day you're going to make the same mistake. Big deal. It's always the Rabbanan. This never changes. Its status never changes. But wheat changes. If it grows in the ground, there's a chiv deraisa. If it grows in a planter, it's only the Rabbanan. So therefore, be careful. Don't, don't give him food from a planter because tomorrow you might mistake it and give him from the ground. Guy has this disease from starving so much. Give him some, some honey, sweets, candy. It brings back the eyesight. Start seeing straight. I don't have a gray raya, but I have some sort of hint to it in the Pasuk. It says, so the story goes like this. Yohannesson went with his, with his uh, right-hand man, and they attacked the Plishtim. They killed a bunch of them, 30, I think it was, or whatever, a bunch of Plishtim. Plishtim ran away, and then they went to war. And Shaul, Yohannesson's father, said, listen, we're going to war. It's fast day. We've got to fast. Yohannesson wasn't aware of this, because he's already ahead of everybody. He's the one that killed them to begin with, and he went out. And he took some, he had a little honey. And he says, I had some, I had some honey. So they told him, your father said, you have to fast, all thing. Okay. But you see from here that if you eat dvash, you eat honey, it opens your eyes up. So isn't that a beautiful raya? No, it's not the best raya. Because he was saying, he was tiny, look. It's not good to fast. We're in a war. Why are you fasting? You need a lot of koyach. Look at me. I had some honey. Everybody should have honey. Everybody should eat. It, to, to fight the enemy, you have to be well fed. Okay. But the point is that it's not a great riot to our sugya. We're talking about Bulmus. Bulmus is a guy that's sick. Yainison wasn't sick. And he said it, it, it opened up his eyes. So maybe there's not a good riot to somebody that, that's sick. It wasn't bombs. Omar Abai. This thing that you should give sweets, I'm thinking now, like every parent. No, no, no. You could have candy, but first eat your dinner, right? First eat like a mensch, and then you go ahead and, and have candy. The opposite. Candy is not good in that case, it's going to make him hungrier. Remember we had the whole story with David Amelech, the Amalekim, they came, David Amelech went to war against the Plushtim, and then when they were at war, the Amalekim came behind and took all the women and all their belongings and ran away. So they ran after them and they found the slave. They found the Mitzri. They said, what's going on? Where are our women? Where, where, where are our belongings? He said, listen, I'm scared you're going to kill me. If you swear to me, you're not going to kill me? No, we swear we're not going to kill you. But he was starving, this guy. What happened was, he was so sick that his, his masters, they just threw him in the, in the street. They said, go, we don't need you. Die, over there. So they took, they took him and they brought him back to life. What did they do? Look at this pasuk. 
what did they give him? In what order? Lechem. They first gave him bread. So from here you see that he's supposed to give bread and not candy. Afterwards they gave him candy. Then they gave him water. Give him a little bit of a fig. They were a little stingy there. They gave him two little raisins. It could be like a whole thing of raisins. Fine. And he came back to life. And of course, he came back to life. He told him exactly what's going on. Three days, three nights, he didn't eat. If it's never been in Getos. I mean, literally, you could go to the dollar store for a dollar, you could buy like a whole meal. You could, you know, you could. Nobody really has this issue today. Baruch Hashem. I think, I hope. I mean, people are, you see kids coming to school, they're hungry in this family that don't have, I, I get it. But this thing of like literally starving to the point where you're bumus, that you can't see anymore, eh? that's, that's, hopefully that's in the past. So, you give him a tail. Tail is very, very fatty meat. Together with, together with honey. You give him fine flour with honey. You give him some barley wheat with, with honey. We see, look, this whole sugya, all these gedolim that we're very familiar with, they were starving. Rabbi Yochan says, I was starving. This Rabbi Yochan we just had, that we started the daf with. Rabbi Yochan, in the stomach, he understood the, 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 the whisper that it's Yom Kippur and he stopped. This Rabbi Yochanan, he had a bulmus. I went to the, to the east side of the fig tree. If you use your seichel, use your chachma, the, the, the knowledge that you learned in Torah, it will keep you alive. Why? Because the, the figs that are on the eastern side, that they get the sun, the first half of the day, they're sweeter than the ones in the west. Why exactly not 100% short? I'm saying, why is the second half of the day's sun worse than the first half of the day? They get sun equally. is The ones in the morning are sweeter. The, the, the ones in the west. No, but the, 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 the figs on the west side of the tree get also, they also get six hours of sun. Here. The figs over here, the sun comes in the east and shines in them for six hours, and the sun comes all the way around and shines on these guys for six hours. What's the problem? Why is it different? Whatever. I get it. The, the ones on the north don't get any sun. Fine. But the ones in the west should get just as much sun as the ones in the east. Mm. What? So you're saying a fig, fig gets all its taste from one day? Okay. He's saying, he's saying very interesting. He's saying that day, it was that morning that they had six hours. I hear? Interesting. Doesn't sound like that, that's how it works, but okay. That's the pshat. The Tanner of Yosef, if you want to taste the, the, a, real, a real fig, take the one off the, the east. They'll have like box, they should, they, should, they should box it like that. Eastern figs and western figs. Rebbe Yudha, Rebbe Yaisi. Have a ka'azla b'urcha. So you had Rebbe Yudha, Rebbe Yaisi. They were walking, and they both had bulmas. They were walking so long, they didn't have what to eat. Achazi bulmas l'Rebbe Yudha. Kapchei l'roye, achle l'rifta. So Rebbe Yudha grabbed a bread out of 
a shepherd's hand. Literally, just grabbed his bread right out. He stole his bread. He's dying. There's a Rashi that says, you're not allowed to steal, even if you're dying. But, obviously, this sugi holds, he stole the bread, and he was, and he was prepared to pay him back. He's going to pay him back. I drew, uh, sorry, he took everything he had, and he ate his bread. You took everything from the, from the shepherd. I wonder if there's like a mida connected mida. I'm thinking out, to, uh, out loud, since Rabbi Yossi said something, maybe it happened to him. Now it was Rabbi Yossi's turn. He had bulmos. The entire village came out and brought him sweets and food. Mamish like the time that I fell into the sewer and when they took me out of the sewer, the whole Bagala County came with candy and they didn't give me chunk, but just candy and more candy. It's happened. So he said to him, Ani, it was his time to get him. I took everything away from one person, from the shepherd. You messed up the whole city. You took everything from everyone. This Rabbi is a very famous story. Whatever it is. Remember those books? This is a very, very famous story. And here it is. This is the source of the story. We might have had it also in Brachas, like a little bit of it. Or somewhere. But when we, when, we'll get to that and you'll have what I'm talking about. There was a story where Remeyer, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, they were traveling. Remeyer have a daig vishma. The Imar just tells us that Remeyer paid attention to people's names. Based on the name, he knew things about that person. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, weren't aware of this thing. They came to a place, they wanted to sleep somewhere, and a guy was very nice, took them in. What's your name? My name is Kidar. So Remeyer said, since his name is Kidar, guys are Russia. Shenemar Kidar Tapuchay Seima. It's upside the, the generation. Kidar, Kidar. He darshan the pasuk. Review the Rabbi Yosi Ashnimul Kisayu. Now come Shabbos. What do we do with our wallets? So they give it to the Balabas, Mr. Kidar the Russia. Remeir Loy Ashlim Lekisay. Remeir, based on his knowledge of his name, didn't give him his money. What did he do? As Loisvei Kivre. I think it was just by luck. It so happened to be the Remeir went to Beis Kfaris. He found a grave and dug up the grave. It happened to be the father of Kidar, the father of the guy that they're staying at. He puts his wallet by the grave. The father of Kidar comes to Kidar in the, in the dream. From here you see, it's an idea that even people that are Rishayim, Sometimes they have visions, sometimes they have ideas, sometimes they, they know things that regular people don't know. Not every time that somebody has a little Ruch HaKadosh doesn't mean he's a big Tzaddik. You can have Ruch HaKadosh without being a Tzaddik. Sometimes it comes from a Ruach Tumah. Here is a bad guy, Kidar, his father, for whatever reason, he had a schos. His father comes to him in a dream and says, listen, there's a lot of money by my, by my grave. Dig out my grave. Kidar, the Shaito, gets up and starts telling everybody his dream. Amrilei, so they tell him, like, you know, Omarlei should be, Remeir tells him, eh, you had a chal on Friday night, you're all, you just had a geshmak of food, you're all, eh, you're going to dream stupidity, don't pay any attention to it. In other words, don't go dig out my money, I, don't, I need my money. But Remeir wasn't satisfied with that, he was worried he's going to run there in the middle of Shabbos, on Shabbos, dig it up on Shabbos. 
He stayed there the entire Shabbos. I heard a story like that. Like a person came to Shul, he had a lot of money in his pocket. He put it down on the beam somewhere, and he stayed there the whole Shabbos. He had to take it out of his pocket, but he, he, wait, he waited. If it's that much money, you wait. So, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosef tell Kidar, we want our money. I have no idea what you're talking about. What money are you talking about? He's a Ganav. How come you weren't medayik in his name? Like I did. I knew right away not to give Kidar. Kidar is a Rasha. Why didn't you tell us? Listen to this. It's unbelievable halacha in, in Lashon Hara. I was chayshish. I didn't know for a fact. I have my superstitious things. I look at names and I bait. I'm not going to tell people, run around and show, this guy is a Russia. Kid is a Russia. I never met the guy. So based on the name, I have a chashash. I'm not going to give him my money. So if you have a chashash, don't tell people Lashon Hara. So they bring him to the bar. It seems like it was a bar. They go to the bar. Don't bring a riot from here. You're allowed to go to the bar. The famous story. They see that he has lentils on his mustache. They were trying to get him drunk, but they got lucky. Before they got him drunk, they saw that he had food on his mustache. What kind of food? They saw his whole meal sitting on his mustache. So right away they go, they run back. One of them runs back to the wife or whoever it was and tells the wife, listen, your husband said that you should give us the wallets that he took. And as a sign that we're not lying, he said that we should tell you that you fed him lentils for lunch. Oh, makes sense. It's a great sign. And she gave, she fell for it. The guy comes home and she says, you're not going to believe it. They came, they took the wallets. What are you talking about? They said, you, you said, lentils. He takes out his gun, pop, pop, popped her in the head twice, dead. As a leave of a Catholic, say. So he, he killed her. That's it. She deserves to die. Chutzpah. I worked hard to steal this money, and you gave it away, dead. There's once a story, a guy had a store, and they say that it was in the time of a shmad, and you couldn't, you couldn't show that you're Jewish. So he sold treif, and he sold regular meat. He sold pig, pork. And he would wash, he would watch to see who would wash their hands. If you wash your hands, you're a Jew. So he gave you kosher meat. If you didn't wash your hands, he gave you pork. So one guy wasn't so makbid on washing his hands. So he gave him pork. And the guy goes home. He's, he's, what did you do to me? He said, but you didn't wash your hands. It's your fault. Okay. Some people say he wasn't such a good guy. Some say yes. My machroinim argues on nefesh. The fact that he didn't wash my machroinim. If Kidar would have washed my machroinim, she washed his hands, then he would have gone like this with his wet hands, and he would have washed off the lentils. The fact he didn't do it, it caused him to die. Okay, fine. Now, review them, you see, they learned a lesson from a mayor. You have to take names very seriously. So therefore, they later on in their life, they went to another, they were guests, and this guy, Bala, let them in. They wouldn't even go in. So it says here in parentheses, it's not part of the Gemara, but it says, 
They became so old with, 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 with Arias, with Niyufim. We're not even going. I saw somebody say that before a mayor went in, but he realized Kidar, he's a little bit of a Russia, so I'm not going to give him my wallet. But now for Neof, I'm not going to, they don't even walk into Neof. Okay, let's just continue. You know why? Because you have a week of very, very long dapim. It's what's the Shabbos. The last, last daf of the Masechta is very short. But let's, let's do just a, a short little sugi here. Says the Gemara, Mishin Shacha Kelev Shaita. If a rabid dog bites you, Tonu Rabbanam. Chamish Dvarim Nemrub Kelev Shaita. Tomorrow, Bezer Hashem, I'm going to say the Chavetz Chaim, he brings this sugya as that, that it's about Lashon Hara. That a person who talks Lashon Hara is like a Kelev Shaita, a, a crazy dog. Pippatuach, his mouth is wide open, talks Lashon Hara, and his, and, his, and, his, and his saliva dripping from his mouth, right? A rabid dog. And his ears are all downwards. And his tail, instead of wagging his tail, his tail is down by his feet. And he goes on the side of the road. He barks. The Chavaz Chaim says, this is all a marshal of a person talking about Shonara. He barks and you can't even hear his, his voice. Where does it come from? These witches, they do the witchcraft on him. So messes him up. This is a bad spirit. What's the difference? Do you shoot him with a gun? Or you go next to him and you choke him out? So you shoot him with an arrow. In other words, if it's a Ruach Ra, you don't want to get close to him because the Ruach Ra could jump into you. So you shoot him, you kill him from a distance. So, should we go weiter? So we say, it says, Mefurish, you should kill him from a distance. The Chayiv Bey, Mistaken. If you rub up against him, it's very dangerous. The Nochis Lei, Mayas. But if it bites you, you will die. The Chayiv Bey, Mistaken, Maitakanto. If you rub up against him, what do you do? Take off your clothing and run for your life. Ravuna Bereid, Rav Yeshua, Chayiv Bey, Chad Minayu, Beshuka. One of them rubbed against him. Shachin Elamon Bereid. And he took off his clothing and his ran and he ran. Omar Kiyanti Beatsmi. And again, the same puzzle that we had before that if you have knowledge, it could keep you alive. Okay, we'll stop right over here. Have a Gavaldic week. Shkoyach for joining us.